Book Three, Chapter Eight of Camilla. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Camilla, or a Picture of Youth by Fanny Burney. Chapter Eight. Modern Ideas of Duty. Camilla now felt more permanently revived, because better satisfied with the rectitude of her conduct. She could no longer be accused of interfering between Edgar and Indiana. That affair would take its natural course, and, be it what it might, while absent from both parties, she concluded she should at least escape all censure. Peaceably, therefore, she returned to take possession of her usual apartment, affectionately accompanied by her eldest sister the form and the mind of lavinia were in the most perfect harmony her polished complexion was fair clear and transparent her features were of the extremest delicacy her eyes of the softest blue and her smile displayed internal serenity the unruffled sweetness of her disposition bore the same character of modest excellence joy hope and prosperity sickness sorrow and disappointment assailed alike in vain the uniform gentleness of her temper yet though thus exempt from all natural turbulence either of pleasure or of pain the meekness of her composition degenerated not into insensibility it was open to all the feminine feelings of pity of sympathy and of tenderness thus copiously gifted with all her sex's softness her society would have contributed to restore camilla to repose had they continued together without interruption but in a few minutes the room door was opened and lionel rushing into the apartment called out how do do my girls how do do and shook them each by the hand with a swing that nearly brought them to the ground camilla always rejoiced at his sight but lavinia gravely said i thought brother you had been at dr marchmont's all in good time my dear i shall certainly visit the old gentleman before long did you not sleep there then last night no child good god lionel if my mother my dear little lavinia cried he chucking her under the chin i have a vast notion of making visits at my own time instead of my mamma's oh lionel and can you just now come come interrupted he don't let us waste our precious minute in old moralizing if i had not luckily been hard by i should not have known the coast was clear pray where are they gone tantalizing to cleves to cleves what a happy escape i was upon the point of going thither myself camilla what is the matter with thee nothing i am only thinking pray when do you go to oxford pooh pooh what do you talk of oxford for you are grown quite stupid girl i believe you have lived too long with miss margland pray how does that dear creature do i am afraid she will grow melancholy from not seeing me so long 
is she as pretty as she used to be i have some notion of sending her a suitor oh brother said lavinia is it possible you can have such spirits oh hang it if one is not merry when one can what is the world good for besides i do assure you i fretted so consumed hard at first that for the life of me i can fret no longer but why are you not at dr marchmont's because my dear you have no conception the pleasure those old doctors take in lecturing a youngster who is in any disgrace disgrace repeated camilla at all events said lavinia i beseech you to be a little careful i would not have my poor mother find you here for the world oh as to that i defy her to desire the meeting less than i do but come let's talk of something else how go on the classics is my old friend dr orkborn as chatty and amusing as ever my dear lionel said camilla i am filled with apprehension and perplexity why should my mother wish not to see you and why and how is it possible you can wish not to see her what don't you know it all i know only that something must be wrong but how what or which way i have not heard has not lavinia told you then no answered lavinia i could be in no haste to give her pain you are a good girl enough but how came you hither camilla and what is the reason you have not seen my mother yourself not seen her i have been with her this half hour what and in all that time did not she tell you she did not name you is it possible well she's a noble creature i wonder how she could ever have such a son as me and i am still less like my father than her i suppose i was changed in the cradle will you countenance me young ladies if some villainous attorney or exciseman should by and by come to own me dear lionel cried camilla do explain to me what has happened you make me think it important and trifling twenty times in a minute oh a horrid business lavinia must tell it you i'll go away till she has done don't despise me camilla i'm confounded sorry i promise you he then hurried out of the room evidently feeling more emotion than he cared to display yet lavinia had but just begun her relation when he abruptly returned come i had better tell it you myself cried he for she'll make such a dismal ditty of it that it won't be over this half year the sooner we have done with it the better it will only put you out of spirits then sitting down and taking her hand he began you must know i was in rather a bad scrape at oxford last year last year and you never told us of it before oh twas about something you would not understand so i shall not mention particulars now it is enough for you to know that two or three of us wanted a little cash well so in short i sent a letter somewhat of a threatening sort to poor old uncle relville oh lionel 
oh i did not sign it it was only begging a little money which he can afford to spare very well and just telling him if it did not come to a place i mentioned he would have his brains blown out how horrible pooh pooh he had only to send the money you know and then his brains might keep their place besides you can't suppose there was gunpowder in the words so i got this copied and took the proper measures for concealment and would you believe it the poor old gull was fool enough actually to send the money where he was bid fie lionel cried lavinia do you call him a fool because you terrified him yes to be sure my dear and you both think him so too only you don't hold it pretty to say so do you suppose if he had half the wit of his sister he would have done it i believe in my conscience there was some odd mistake in their births and that my mother took away the brains of the man and left the woman's for the noddle of my poor uncle fie fie brother said lavinia again you know how sickly he has always been from his birth and how soon therefore he might be alarmed why yes lavinia i believe it was a very bad thing and i would give half my little finger i had not done it but it's over you know so what signifies making the worst of it and did he not discover you no i gave him particular orders in my letter not to attempt anything of that sort assuring him there were spies about him to watch his proceedings the good old ass took it all for gospel so there the matter dropped however as ill luck would have it about three months ago we wanted another sum and could you again why my dear it was only taking a little of my own fortune beforehand for i am his heir so we all agreed it was merely robbing myself for we had several consultations about it and one of us is to be a lawyer but you give me some pleasure here said camilla for i had never heard that my uncle had made you his heir no more have i neither my dear but i take it for granted besides our little lawyer put it into my head well we wrote again and told the poor old gentleman for which i assure you i am heartily repentant that if he did not send me double the sum in the same manner without delay his house was to be burned to the ground the first night that he and all his family were asleep in bed now don't make faces and shruggings for i promise you i think already i deserve to be hanged for giving him the fright though i would not really have hurt him all the time for half his fortune and who could have guessed he would have bit so easily the money however came and we thought it all secure and agreed to get the same sum annually annually repeated camilla with uplifted hands yes my dear you have no conception how convenient it would have been for our extra expenses but unluckily uncle grew worse and went abroad and then consulted with some crab of a friend and that friend with some demagogue of a magistrate 
and so all is blown however we had managed it so cleverly it cost them near three months to find it out owing i must confess to poor uncle's cowardice in not making his inquiries before the money was carried off and he himself over the seas and far away the other particulars lavinia must give you for i have talked of it now till i have made myself quite sick do tell me something diverting to drive it a little out of my head have you seen anything of my enchanting widow lately no she does not desire to be seen by me she would not admit me she is frankness itself and does not pretend to carry fig for any of her own sex oh but camilla i have wanted to ask you this great while if you think there is any truth in this rumour that mandelbert intends to propose to indiana to propose i thought it had all long since been settled ay so the world says but i don't believe a word of it do you think if that were the case he would not have owned it to me there's nothing fixed yet depend upon it camilla struck amazed and delighted involuntarily embraced her brother though recollecting herself almost at the same moment she endeavoured to turn off the resistless impulse into taking leave and hurrying him away lionel who to want of solidity and penetration principally owed the errors of his conduct was easily put upon a wrong scent and assured her he would take care to be off in time but what cried he has carried them to cleves are they gone to tell tales because i have lost one uncle by my own fault must i lose another by theirs no answered lavinia they have determined not to name you they have settled that my uncle hugh shall never be told of the affair nor anybody else if they can help it except your sisters and dr marchmont well they are good souls cried he attempting to laugh though his eyes were glistening i wish i deserved them better i wish too it was not so dull to be good i can be merry and harmless here at the same time and so i can at cleves but at oxford or in london your merry blades there i can't deny it my dear sisters you merry blades there are but sad fellows yet there is such fun such spirit such sport amongst them i cannot for my life keep out of their way besides you have no conception young ladies what a byword you become among them if they catch you flinching i would not for the world say anything to pain you my dear brother cried lavinia but yet i must hope that in future your first study will be to resist such dangerous examples and to drop such unworthy friends if it is not to tell tales then for what else are they gone to cleves just at this time for my mother to take leave of eugenia and my uncle before her journey journey why whither is she going abroad the deuce she is and what for to try to make your peace with her brother or at least to nurse him herself till he is tolerably recovered lionel slapped his hat over his eyes and saying 
this is too much if i were a man i should shoot myself rushed out of the room the two sisters rapidly followed him and caught his arm before he could quit the house they earnestly besought him to return to compose himself and to promise he would commit no rash action my dear sisters cried he i am worked just now only as i ought to be but i will give you any promise you please however though i have never listened to my father as i ought to have listened he has implanted in my mind a horror of suicide that will make me live my natural life be it as good for nothing as it may he then suffered his sisters to lead him back to their room where he cast himself upon a chair in painful rumination upon his own unworthiness and his parents excellence but the tender soothings of lavinia and camilla who trembled lest his remorse should urge him to some act of violence soon drew him from reflections of which he hated the intrusion and he attended with complacency to their youthful security of perfect reconciliations and re-established happiness with reciprocal exultation the eyes of the sisters congratulated each other on having saved him from despair and seeing him now calm and they hoped safe they mutually though tacitly agreed to obtrude no further upon meditations that might be useful to him and remained silently by his side for some minutes all were profoundly still lionel then suddenly started up the sisters affrighted hastily arose at the same instant when stretching himself and yawning he called out prithee camilla what is become of that smug mr dubster speechless with amazement they looked earnestly in his face and feared he was raving they were soon however undeceived the tide of penitence and sorrow was turned in his buoyant spirits and he was only restored to his natural volatile self you used him most shabbily he continued and he was a very pretty fellow the next time i have nothing better to do i'll send him to you that you may make it up this quick return of gaiety caused a sigh to lavinia and much surprise to camilla but neither of them could prevail with him to depart till mr and mrs tyrold were every moment expected they then though with infinite difficulty procured his promise that he would go straight to dr marchmont according to an arrangement made for that purpose by mrs tyrold herself lavinia when he was gone related some circumstances of this affair which he had omitted mr relville the elder brother of mrs tyrold was a country gentleman of some fortune but of weak parts and an invalid from his infancy he had suffered these incendiary letters to prey upon his repose without venturing to produce them to any one from a terror of the menaces hurled against him by the writer till at length he became so completely hypochondriac that his rest was utterly broken and to preserve his very existence he resolved upon visiting another climate the day that he set out for lisbon his destined harbour he delivered his anonymous letters to a friend 
to whom he left in charge to discover if possible their author this discovery by the usual means of inquiries and rewards was soon made but the moment mr relville learned that the culprit was his nephew he wrote over to mrs tyrold a statement of the transaction declaring he should disinherit lionel from every shilling of his estate his health was so much impaired he said by the disturbance this had given to his mind that he should be obliged to spend the ensuing year in portugal and he even felt uncertain if he might ever return to his own country mrs tyrold astonished and indignant severely questioned her son who covered with shame surprise and repentance confessed his guilt shocked and grieved in the extreme she ordered him from her sight and wrote to dr marchmont to receive him she then settled with mr tyrold the plan of her journey and voyage hoping by so immediately following and herself nursing her incensed brother to soften his wrath and avert its final ill consequences end of chapter eight read by lars rolander